Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. Elaine and Diane here today. Hey, you just got us, which and is always fun. It's always fun. It's not just us. You get us. Us. <laughs> <laughs> so we just finished doing our first ever live three-day event with the ADHD Parents Palooza. And Maybe you joined us. It was really Maybe awesome. you joined us. Maybe you didn't. It was, it was amazing. It was so much fun being with everybody. And um, it's so fun because we, so many of you were there that listened to the podcast and some of you, um, we don't get to talk, we get to talk at you, but we don't get to talk with you. So it was just kind of nice to be able to talk with many of you that are in our community and listen to yeah. us live and be with us live. It was just a it really was, great vibe. It was so fun. And what became really clear to us in, as we were doing this three-day event was how many times we were saying, don't get stuck in information land. Are you stuck in information land? Like, it's not just about information. And the funny part was then we went to say, well, go check out the podcast on that. And we realized right, we've exactly. got a podcast on it. Right. And so we're sending people to information land. Well, and so here's the, here's the pattern that I see like, when I talk to parents and I'm, I'm sure you see the same thing, which is this sort of, I know I need support. And so I go right. out to the internet and I read some article or I listen to some amazing podcast or I listen to some telesummit and I get this great idea and I come back and I try the great idea and the great idea doesn't work quite the way that the book or the podcast or the telesummit person says it's going to work. So I go back out to the interwebs or to another book and try to get another idea or a podcaster or whatever else. And, and and then the cycle continues. And it's right. It's a sort of constantly back and forth with an idea land um, right. instead of really. And I, th- I think the question that we want to talk about is like what to do instead, because it's really tempting to do that. And there's lots of great information out there. There's so and we're we're as guilty as anyone. There's so much great information, and we're always putting out great information. Like I don't know our podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and what we want to make sure we communicate really clearly and we try to say this a lot is that information is phenomenal and it's not enough. It is not, it is ineffective by itself. Information is the purpose of it is to inform action. And so if you're gathering information, but you're not integrating that information and then implementing it, then you're, you're actually only doing, it's, it's kind of like, I never thought about this before this moment, Diane, but it's kind of like medication, right? Mm-hmm. The purpose of, of medication for anxiety, ADHD, all these things is to reduce the symptoms so that you can modify the behaviors. So you can change the action. Mm-hmm. So you don't use the medication by itself. It's a tool 
to support this larger thing. Oh, that's kind of cool. Nice. I like that analogy. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Well, and so we talk about like, and I don't know whether we, we flip around the language we use, but like you meant information, integration, implementation, and transformation. I like yeah. that transformation at that. the end of that, yeah. right? And I think that that some of you out there, and I don't know what percentage, but I'm guessing it's a some small of percentage of you, are okay with, I get this great idea and I go and I can come in and I can make it happen, right? It's just sort of, statistically, you might be a neurotypical adult that can do that because you have the executive function to do some of this stuff. And we know that if you've got a complex kid, a lot of times this stuff works once or it works with one kid, but it doesn't work with another kid or it works for a while. And then you got to tweak it to get it to work. You got to revise and rinse and repeat before it works well. Right. Well, even when it works well, and this is the thing I want to normalize is the variability within AD, in ADHD particularly, and executive function challenges are like this across the board, across the board. but it, the thing that works for a while, it's going to stop. It's probably going to, I'm going to whisper this. It's probably going to stop working for a while. After a while, maybe. Possibly. It might. It might. Statistically, it's, it's, it's within the realm of possibility. It's likely yes. to, right? So instead of saying, okay, I'm going to go get another idea. We want to invite you, you use the word rinse and repeat, which is what we do in coaching, which part of that is really looking at what is it that makes, what is it that's really going on, right? This is the place that I see parents get stuck is this sort of, they get an idea and they, they, it's like, I have a kid with ADHD or I have a kid with autism or I have a kid with anxiety. And I, and here's an idea for kids with anxiety or autism, right? And instead of going, What's the specific problem I'm trying to solve and what's really going on underneath it? We we end up getting ideas and strategies rather than really knowing how to put those in the context of what's really going on for your kid and for you and in, in the family system. Where are you going to go? So I want to pull out to a side conversation about strategies. Okay? Oh, good. Yeah. Because here's the other thing that we've noticed for the now more than a dozen years we've been doing this is that the parents tend to come to us and they go to webinar, you go to webinars and you go to workshops and you go to TFUS and you go to all this stuff because you want strategies. And actually, the very first book we wrote was a book of strategies because of uh, you what know, people want. And they really well, get- somebody came to us and said, would you write us this book on strategies? Right. Right. And so it's not that strategies aren't valuable. They're extremely valuable. And we teach tons of strategies, tactics, tools, strategies, concepts, all of it. But, and I use the word but intentionally here, but strategies are supposed to be a tool to get us to a goal. The goal isn't using the strategy. The goal is using the strategy or a series of strategies or tweaking the strategy to achieve a larger goal, like remembering your homework, following directions when you're asked, getting off the computer, whatever the behavior change. Yeah, well, it's behavior want. change. It's like it might be you might describe it as a problem of solving a problem or or create or having a goal, right? It's a sort of I use those terms interchangeably because you may be trying to solve a problem, which is how do I get my kid to hang up their towel? Or it could be you're you're trying to achieve a goal, which is to decrease the number of missing assignments that your team has every semester. I mean, depending on how you look at it. And so what happens very often in in the space, if you will, is is that some expert is going to say, well, here's a strategy to try. Here's a tool. Try using a reward chart. Try Try a planner. 
using a planner, try putting limits on X, Y, Z, right? They're going to give you a strategy. The, The challenge that we see is that if the strategy is coming from the outside, it may or may not help that problem. But when the strategy comes from the inside, when you take the time to slow down, get curious, understand what's causing the challenge in the first place, then you're going to create a strategy that actually addresses the core of the problem, that that addresses what's causing the behavior in the first place, instead of just kind of throwing a strategy at something and hoping it works. It's much more personalized or tailored. Yeah. Well, and there's kind of two pieces of it. It's like one is understanding what's really going on. And then the two is the tailored part of it, right? Because a lot of us are, you know, for a lot of us, some of the strategies people have out there are easy and, and we have no problems with some of the strategies that are out there, like don't work for some of you. And, and, because they, you know, I, I had a parent, the some other day, of us, like, <laughs> I'm in that group too. Right. So I had a parent came to me the other day and, and we used the word consistency in the conversation. Oh, it's like, Oh my, my gosh. It's like, somebody's like, okay, I know I just need to be consistent. And I'm like, are you naturally a consistent person? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so let's not use that tool. Let's figure out how, how to address it. Maybe a, a way that works for you. But what you're describing, Elaine, and we teach this in sanity school, is that a system or a structure out of context yeah. doesn't often work well, right? It's just, you want to put the you want to put the ideas into a context, which is you and your kid and the day of the week and the problem you're really trying to address and what's go- what the executive function the time of day yeah yeah and what the executive function strengths are and what the executive function challenges are on both everybody's side right is this sort of you got to really look at the system and i don't want to overcomplicate this but what we want to do is kind of plead simplify with you, it actually simplify it. it's like this sort of that's one of the things i love about our approach and what we teach in our programs is like this sort of it's about how you look at this, the problem and not about, not to start with a strategy. You want to start with the what's going on. And I, and I don't know whether we want to like, I'm like, we could go into the overview of the way that we approach it. We could, you know, this, I don't well, want to. So, so here's, here's what's coming up, right? So we've got, we've got this scenario. I was, I was a parent who, when my kids were little and they were complex and I didn't really quite know what that meant yet. I was doing everything the experts told me to do. I was reading all the books. I was following all the instructions. Then they're starting to get diagnoses and I'm reading all those books and I'm following and I'm doing everything the experts were telling me to do and it wasn't working. And if you're anything like me, what happened to me was not only did I feel like a complete failure as a parent, which I hear parents say to me all the time, but I was also beginning to worry that something was really wrong with my kids. If I'm doing everything the experts tell me to do and it's not working, well, what does that mean? What are the implications of that? And well, so, then you catastrophize because then you feel right. like this is going to be the end of the world and I'm never going to be able to fix this and my kid is lost is forever. doomed to live on my couch for the rest of my life. Or yes, life. exactly. So, so what I want to introduce is what we're talking about here is to, is to, get, to, to get out of that catastrophic thinking and, and to begin to sort of pull back enough to look at the big picture of what's going on and understand if we're throwing a solution at a kid and it's not working, 
chances are it's not the kid. It's, it's not, not the it's, it's not the right solution. And right. so we want to, we want to come back and say, okay, well, if that's not working, let's problem solve. Let's, let's see what part does work. What part doesn't work? What do we want to do differently? And so this is what we mean by taking information through, you got to integrate it, understand it, and then start to implement it. You have to start to use it and, and see what's working and what's not rather than just throw something at it and then throw it out if it doesn't work, because it's very chance. Chances are there's something in it that could work if you take a little time and slow down. Well, and maybe, maybe because you were inferring the rinse and repeat, well, we'll say it again, because we said that before, maybe we just, let's just teach them the magic three questions. Right. Well, I kind of just did. Yes. You kind of just did. Yep. So the magic three questions, whenever you try a strategy or solution or a tactic and it doesn't work, Right. Or it doesn't work how you thought it was going to work. The magic or how they say it should work. Right. The magic three questions are first you start by asking, well, what did work? Because no matter what you've tried, something worked. It may have just been that you tried something. Well, that worked. Or maybe your kid agreed to try something with you. Maybe that worked. Or maybe, you know, choose any scenario. You can come up with an example. Let's choose one scenario. Um, if it's getting the towel off the floor, maybe your kid agreed to work with you to try to take the towel off the floor, or maybe once a week or once every two weeks, you found the towel hung up, right? Some well, or, or so just let's dig in a little bit deeper. It you created a rewards a reward for hanging up the towel, right? It's just right, of, okay, and you got so, some buy-in, and you had some buy-in, right? So it's a sort of okay. So the kid really wanted to do this; they wanted to win the prize, or or to get the reward, or to avoid the consequence. Right. And they said, "Yeah, no, I really want to try to hang up the towel." But what didn't work? Even though they were bought in, even though they really wanted to, they, they weren't able to remember. do it. They didn't follow through. They totally forgot. They they would hang it up and then it would fall off the floor. Like get after you do first what's working and you really want to start with the positive. It's really important to start with the positive. Right. Then the second question is, well, what didn't work? And be very matter of fact. The key here is not to be in judgment, not to be in shame or blame or anything else, but just like, okay, well, so what part of this didn't work? It might be him saying or the kid saying, well, that was a lame reward or... I don't really care. Well, well hang on a second. Right? So let's be really careful here because a lot of times if we ask our kids, they don't, they don't know why it didn't work. And, and I'm using the example that we talked about a minute ago, which is, and we're going to do a whole other episode on motivation, but a lot of times we have a motivation in place and then the motivation doesn't work. And the kid says, I don't care. Or we think that it wasn't motivating enough or whatever else, but it's motivation and executive function that's going on here. And so you may have a kid who's really, really, really motivated, but their ability to follow through on the thing that they like sign up for. And they say, they may sign a piece. Of, I remember my kids, like I, I was one of those moms that would have you my had kids them sign stuff, sign agreements. <laughs> it's like, yes, I will not do this with my computer after 10 PM and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then they don't. And it's like, they lied or they were, you know, it's like we jumped to conclusions. And so instead of jumping to conclusions, you want to be factual is what you're describing. It's a sort of, even though we had an agreement, they were not able to follow through on the agreement. Not so let's, look at, so let's look at where the breakdowns took place. What's yeah. making it so that it wasn't successful. So what didn't work and be very, you can be as specific as you want. And you want to do it again, again, matter of fact, MOF, no judgment. 
Right. And then you, then you can problem solve together and say, well, what do you want to try next? What, what would you like to do differently? And now you're coming from a place of, of creativity and exploration and, okay, what do you want to try? We've talked a lot during the Palooza about the experiment, experimenter's mind instead of, well, how are you going to fix it? What are you going to do? We want, it's like, well, what do you want to try next? How do you want to tweak this to see if we can maybe get it to work? Well, and I think that that's the piece of it is that you want to tweak what you're trying and I don't know how many times you tweak, but instead of just throwing the baby out with the bathwater yeah. and going out and finding the other idea, you want to tweak it and say, okay, so do I need to add an accommodation? It's like, let's say you, you know, you've got a chore chart, you've got a reward system, something like that. You might need to add an accommodation in addition to it. You might need to add a reminder. You might need to. I'll give you an example. Okay. Yeah. I used to use this design with my son about taking out the trash on Tuesday nights. And it, he agreed that it was his job. He knew it was his job. There was no objection to doing it. He just didn't know what was the difference between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday. Like he had no, he was totally time blind. So the accommodation we made was I'm, I'm willing to tell you when it's time to take out the trash. Are you willing to stop what you're doing at that moment and do it so that I'm not in a place of nagging reminders? He agreed to it. And we ended up with a, with a system that really worked. But that's because we had to play with, well, it wasn't, the problem wasn't actually that he didn't care or that he wasn't intending to do it. The problem was that he really had no concept of time. Well, and I think that this is one of the things that happens a lot as parents, we're trying to, we're trying to get kids to be able to do something independently, right? Yeah. It's a sort of, it's like, I want my kid to turn in their homework by themselves, Right. Take and, a shower in a time-appropriate manner. Right. And it's a sort of, there's so many steps between, like, we talk about this all the time, like us being in charge and nagging 17 times to them being able to do something on their own. We're looking for a solution that's going to get us, like, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing my little stair step here, right? It's a sort of, we're trying to get, we're trying for the solution that's going to get us from step one to step 13. And yeah. that may not be realistic. We want to... We, we may need more than one yeah, strategy. Step one to step two. <laughs> Our kids may need a reminder and a reward. Yeah. And I don't want to make it too complicated, but it's, you know, they may, the strategy is not going to get you from zero to a hundred is kind of the bottom line often. Okay. So I'm going to say we wrap. So what yeah. we've been talking about here is that the solutions are, are a tool to reach a goal. Right. And, and so we have to, understand and problem solve what that goal is before we start adding a solution to it. So back to, are you getting it stuck in information land is you want to make sure when you get information and there's amazing information out there now a days that you slow down and make sure that you process the information that you're getting, you integrate it. That's why at the end of every single interview we did on Palooza, at the end of every call, every coaching call, every group call, every everything, we ask people to say, what are you taking away from this? Slow down, really think about what's my insight? What am I learning? We can do that now. What are you taking away from this conversation? What's your insight for your aha? And slow down and give yourself permission to think about it for a minute, to process it before you move into to the next steps, right? Well, and I think that the other piece, after we ask, you know, what's the, your insights, it, you know, you do the rinse and repeat. And then we ask, what are you going to do to set yourself up for success? And I think that this is the piece of this is that so many of us in order to do this work need supports. 
It's and and we're not, you know, as parents, like nobody says, oh, you might need, you know, we're we're not you you know, you hire somebody to mow your lawn. Nobody says you should hire somebody to help you with your parenting, right? It's (laughs) nobody tells you that you might need help with the parenting. They they say, you know, read these books on parenting. Well, you might need some help. You've got a complex kid and it's not easy, right? Jeff Copper likes to say you can read all the books you want on playing the guitar, but you're not really likely to really play the guitar until somebody shows you shows you some strums and shows you some straight like you need a little bit of support in the process. So so when you're getting the information, give yourself the time to integrate it, process it, think about what you're taking away from it, think about what you want to do with it, and then get some plan in place to help you with implementation. And whether it's programs with us like Sanity School or working with somebody else or or accountability with your best friend, it doesn't matter matter. what it is. It matters that you set yourself up for success with what you commit to and then make sure to do the magic three questions to rinse and repeat and say, okay, well, what part of this did work? What part didn't work so well? What do I want to change? And stick with it for a minute before you go back out to the internet for more information. Yeah, that's great. Anything else you want to leave with today? No, I think that's great. Thank you so much for listening today and for being here and for all you do for yourself and your kids. It makes a huge difference, y'all. If we heard nothing, the best feedbacks we got from Palooza were people saying, you know, I thought I was doing this for my kids and I got so much for myself. And that's really what we want for you is to know that the change you want for them starts with you, y'all. See you soon. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.